Happy Friday, everyone, and happy Canada Day to our friends up north. On today's show, the Avalanche threw a Stanley Cup party, the Sharks added another horse to the NHL coaching carousel, and now that the dust has settled, we've got some thoughts on what the Hockey Hall of Fame should do next. All that and more on today's Locked On NHL. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome once again to the Friday edition of Locked On NHL. I am Rachel Donner from Locked On Flyers. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always on Fridays with Gil Martin of Locked On Isles. You can find him on Twitter at icewarsnyrvsnyi. How you doing today, Gil? I am good. Happy Friday to you. Yeah, it's a good holiday weekend for uh, all of us here in North America. Thanks for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Plus, you can watch us over on YouTube. So subscribe and drop a like over there as well. So I think like now that the dust has settled a little bit with the Avalanche and the Stanley Cup, I was just so excited to watch all of their parade content because I think like after the seriousness and, you know, them having to be like gritty and determined and, you know, focused, just they finally get to let loose. So even if it's not my team, I always enjoy watching Stanley Cup parades. Um, I think like some of my favorite actually are um, when they hold them in huge parks in downtown and city. So you just have these massive crowds. I love what Tampa did with the boat parade the last couple of years. So much fun, but I think the avalanche threw a pretty good party. Yeah. Can't complain about what they did. And, and it's always great because when you have the party situation, you get to see a little bit of the personality of the players come through. And, you know, even in interviews, sometimes in between periods or after games, they're in serious mode and they're afraid to say the wrong thing. But, you know, you, you see them just a little more relaxed and a little more uh, letting their guard down. And certainly to celebrate a Stanley Cup, you can't think of a better reason to have a parade and, and enjoy the moment. It's been, what, 21 years in between championships in Denver. So yes. the Avs fans had a great moment as well. And it was great to see. It was. There's a a couple of, you know, Denver sports synergy things that I thought they did really well, um, especially because Denver University won the Frozen Four this year. So we have the Stanley Cup and the NCAA champions coming from the same city. So I think they took a bunch of pictures together, you know, some of the Denver players with the Stanley Cup. And um, I think the DU social media was kind of uh, teasing some of the Michigan former Michigan players on the avalanche as well about that, uh, which I thought was kind of fun. And then of course uh, they brought the Stanley cup and threw out the first pitch at the Rockies game. I love it. Love it. When they do that, because I I don't know what it is about bringing the Stanley cup into other sporting environments, like bring it to a soccer stadium. Like I just want to see all of that. 
I love it. I, I, I do love it. And uh, yeah, it, it was just some great moments. And you know, the amazing thing, wherever the Stanley Cup goes, even if you're in a setting where there may not be a lot of hockey fans, there is just sort of that attraction to the to the trophy and to its history. And it, it, it's great to see. It really, really is. Yeah, I was talking about this on Locked on Flyers that I have a picture of myself with the Stanley Cup and Trevor Lewis from the LA Kings mm -hmm. when they won the Stanley Cup because I was living in Salt Lake City, Utah. And and you just don't think about the cup coming to places like that, even in the, in the U.S., that you wouldn't think of that as a huge hockey market. But there is a really strong hockey community there. And the line was snaked well around the arena for the ECHL team, the Grizzlies, that's in Salt mm -hmm. Lake uh, at the time. And it was just one of the most fun experiences I've had, like just kind of being around the Stanley Cup. So I love all of that that comes with it. I think for the Avs parade, there were definitely some highlight moments. Of course, Nazem Kadri making it are wearing a custom too many men t-shirt to commemorate <laughs> that incident. Um, it was just beautiful. The whole thing was beautiful to see and, and there and his whole family celebrating as well. Yeah. Yeah. And look, you got to appreciate the sense of humor there and uh, hopefully the lightning took it as a friendly jab, not a, not, sure. not, you know, nothing personal or serious, but yeah, it was, it's just fun. It's just absolutely fun. I, 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 Remember uh, the 1994 All-Star Game was at Madison Square Garden. So I went to see the cup when it was on display at Grand Central Station uh, before the All-Star Game that year. And yeah, it's and I've also seen it at the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's magnetic. It, there, there's just something about it that draws you in and uh, it, great to see it and to, you know, you don't want to touch it because you haven't won it, but it, 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 it's uh, it, it, it's a it's really the greatest trophy in all of sports, and uh, I, I just love being around it. So yeah, it was great. I think one of my other favorite moments from the Avs parade was Bo Byram getting, um, or he wasn't recognized by the security people at yeah. the parade, and they were trying to get him to go back into the crowd. He's like, "No, no, I'm like one of the players. He just, <laughs> he just looks like a wee child, and yeah. which he kind of is, I guess. But uh, yeah, he had to kind of struggle with security to get back on. I think one of the fire trucks in the parade. I thought that was pretty hilarious." It was, it, it was. And and again, you know, everyone is in such a good mood. Everyone's having fun and you laugh at these things. You, you don't, you don't take them overly seriously, but uh, it, it's just, you know, you, these guys to win the Stanley cup, there's 82 regular season games. You got, you're playing more than a hundred games roughly to get there, roughly a hundred games to win it. If more, if you count preseason games, you're letting a lot of steam off after all of that hard work. And, and dedication, and and it, it, it's just great to see the, the synergy between the players celebrating with the fans, and it, it's, it's a special moment that if your team does win, you remember for the rest of your life. Yeah, I think speaking of that, uh, Nathan McKinnon, I think, was letting loose. <laughs> uh, he was jumping off the fire truck and, like, walking in the streets, shaking people's hands. I thought that was really cool. Uh, Gabriel Landeskog was most certainly intoxicated, but like <laughs> he was just having the best time. I think yeah. like the two of them were uh, two of my f favorite people in the 
parade or, or on the stage during the program that they had. Uh, they were just living it up, which is a, a lot of fun. And of course, um, I think one of my other favorite things about this portion of the celebration is seeing like who has now shaved their beard, their yes. playoff beard, <laughs> and who has not. Um, I It appears that JT Comfer and Alex Newhook, at least as of the parade, still had the beards going. So maybe they're keeping them. You know, there's obviously guys that just have beards uh, yeah. all the time. But uh, I did notice that in particular with those two guys and that some other guys had definitely shaved theirs off and had clean faces for the first time in a while. Yeah. Yeah. First time in like eight weeks. So, yeah. Uh, and and it, it's fun. And, you know, the, the playoff beard is a great tradition. Dates back to 1980. So, We've had it for uh, 40 plus years and uh, yeah, it's uh, hot in the summer for a beard, but (laughs) (laughs) what can you do? Yeah. And I think, of course, like the crowning moment, at least for me as a sort of outside observer, one of the fun things that the Avalanche have been doing is, of course, the all the small things, Blink-182 sing-alongs that the fan base has done. So Eric Johnson led the giant crowd in singing that. And I thought that was a pretty great moment as well. It really was. And it's great to see the interaction that the players are, are and the fans are sort of in this synergenic kind of moment and celebrating together. And, uh, you know, that's sort of the emotional payoff there with 32 teams, your team is not going to win a Stanley cup that often. Uh, and you really, when it happens, it's a very special thing. It really is. All right. We are going to switch tax up next and talk about the coaching carousel and all the latest on that. But first I want to talk to you about bet online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including Major League Baseball and all the info leading up to next year's NFL, NBA and NHL seasons. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to the playoffs, esports and more. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this year. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, tennis, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. The NHL draft is right around the corner and our team of local hosts and draft experts are going to break it down for you with insights and analysis for every first round pick. So subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Locked On show of your favorite team for all the latest breakdowns on the NHL draft and more coming up next week. All right, Gil, we have had a a bit of a busy week in the coaching carousel uh, for the NHL. And, you know, part of me is feeling a little weird about it because there have been so many Flyers connections in the conversation. Yeah. And yet none of them went to the Flyers. Like we got John Tortorella. (laughs) But of course, uh, this week we got Luke Richardson, a former Philadelphia Flyer, hired as the head coach in Chicago. 
And, you know, of course, he got the bulk of his uh, coaching experience with the Ottawa system. Uh, He was the head coach for the Senators AHL affiliate. And, um, you know, he he's I think deserves this. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He paid his dues and it's time. And uh, congratulations to him. Not going to be an easy situation there right away. But I think that, you know, with his ability, he'll be able to help turn that team around in a year or two. And there's still some talent on that Chicago team. Be interesting to see which way they go as far as, uh, you know, how quickly they rebuild or how long they hold on to some of those veterans. Yeah, I think he recognizes, and the good thing for him is that I think the organization recognizes that they're kind of at a crossroads right now. Yep. And so he's got a lot of breathing room to work with. And obviously it's going to depend a lot on what the personnel changes they make this offseason uh, in terms of you know what he can do with that. But I think it'll be good for him that he does have that kind of space to create his own system. And as players get added to the mix, um, he'll be able to kind of infuse that. And so I'm actually really excited to see what he can do there. Um, The latest we know, obviously, the Red Wings hiring Derek Lalonde, um, who was an assistant in Tampa with John Cooper there. So you have Steve Eiserman, who hired him to coach in Tampa, bringing him up to Detroit to get a head coaching gig there. And I also like this hire. I think it's a really great opportunity for him. You know, he's been part of, you know, a great system in Tampa. And I think that Detroit is on the verge of, you know, starting something really this upcoming year. And so that's a great hire for them. Yeah. I like the hire as well. And uh, there, there is a certain level of trust you have with Steve Eiserman, and he certainly knows Derek Lalonde uh, from, like you said, their time in Tampa. And Detroit is a little further along, I think, in their rebuilding program. You're, you're mm-hmm. looking for them to break through, maybe contend for a playoff spot this year uh, a little bit more than Chicago, perhaps. So uh, that'll certainly bear watching. Absolutely. And I think, you know, again, another former flyer, Jim Montgomery, is looking like the hire for, as of recording, uh, for the Boston Bruins. And he was actually one of the guys that I would have been super thrilled with if the Flyers had hired as well. Um, You know, we know he was with Dallas and stepped away for a little while for personal reasons, but came back as an assistant for St. Louis. And yeah, I, I think he's ready for that next head coaching gig. And the Bruins are just a fascinating team to watch right now, because at some moments you think they're imploding and at others, you think they've got it together. And honestly, I think in those circumstances, Jim Montgomery is a great guy to kind of steward this ship along, whatever it looks like. Yeah, uh, you know, there's a team that's looking for more consistency. And if they do make it official with Montgomery, I think that's a great choice to try to get there. There are nights when the Boston Bruins look like serious Stanley Cup contenders. And there are nights when you just go, what just happened? Exactly. What what was that train wreck I just watched? So uh, if they can get more consistent, you know, 
I, I thought Boston had a chance to go on a longer playoff run than they did. It'll be interesting to see how they respond once that becomes official. Exactly. And uh, another former Philadelphia Flyer, uh, the rumor as of recording for the Winnipeg Jets is Rick Tockett, the former head coach of the Arizona Coyotes. Hmm. And I, I, I think it's a weird fit. Like, I'm not sure that Rick Tockett is a guy that takes a team from sort of being constantly on the verge to that next step. Like, he just doesn't strike me as that kind of coach. So I'm very curious about this one. It Should it come to pass? Yeah, well, we have to see. Why is it that you think he's not the guy to get him to that next step? I just don't think he understands like where or maybe he does understand where Winnipeg is right now but I just feel like he's not a guy that makes a team greater than the sum of its parts and that's essentially what you have to do to take that next step is take the pieces and parts you have and make them operate at the most efficient and excellent way possible and I just I don't necessarily see that I'm not saying he will fail I'm just saying that it's a very puzzling pick for me personally especially because again the Jets have been kind of teetering on this are they gonna like go forward and get to that next round of the playoffs for a while Um, and it's it, it just seems like they would need somebody just with more like clear success on that front mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like john tortorella maybe <laughs> i don't know <laughs> oh dear it's gonna be a hell of a year for the flyers <laughs> <laughs> we shall see we, shall, we see. shall see for sure all right the breaking news as of recording is out of san jose which this is absolutely baffling to me so Bob Bugner and the assistants were fired uh, by the Sharks. And now, as opposed to at the end of the season and after a whole bunch of the top candidates are already hired by other teams. So this is fascinating to me. But what do you think is going on here? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, even the exit interviews with the players took place, you know, couple of months ago already he had a year left on his contract at a million five uh so that's it, it is the timing of it is confusing uh you know maybe there's a you know you have a new general manager coming in maybe they want to hire their own person that's the only thing that i could think of but yeah, yeah a lot more questions than answers right now in san jose Yeah, I mean, you know, they have not had a great last few years. So it's certainly understandable that he could have been fired. It's it's really just the timing. And unless their lead GM candidate, like you said, was like, oh, I want to start fresh. But even to me, that sounds a little suspect. Just again, because a new GM isn't going to have a chance to hire the maybe hire the exact coach that they want because now they've already taken a job somewhere else at this point. I mean, I'm not saying there aren't good candidates left out there, but they're definitely fewer and far between. Yeah. It, 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 obviously a lot of big names off the list, but again, maybe the GM, the sharks are looking to hire 
has someone in mind. So uh, or e- either way, uh, something is not right right now in San Jose, and, and they'll have a new coach and a new general manager next season. They will. And uh, yeah, I am very curious to see where this goes, especially with uh, who they hire as the GM there and and see how the chips fall from this point. But uh, we are going to wrap up the week with our, uh, I don't know what your attitude is going to be, Gil, but I certainly have a rant about the Hockey Hall of Fame now that the dust has settled on that conversation from earlier this week. But we will be getting to that coming up next. But first, we are going to hear about our friends at Bilt Bar. Yeah, from the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk Bilt Bar, but guess what? Your friends at Bilt have given coconut brownie chunk the puffs treatment. That's right. The coconut brownie chunk Bilt Bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen. They're good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all delicious. Coconut brownie chunk puffs are here for only a limited time. So go to Built.com now to make sure you don't miss out. They are going fast because they taste amazing. And all Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. And the best part about Built Puffs is, of course, they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they are good for you. They are the perfect treat, perfect when you've got a craving you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or if you need a quick, healthy snack, they are an excellent source of protein. Delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Get to Built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk Built Puffs right now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, Gil. The Hockey Hall of Fame, you know, earlier this week, we got the class of 2022, which I think was mostly okay. Just there were some question marks there. And I guess my personal rant on that front is that there's something inherently wrong with the process and the committee, because first off, there's only one woman on the committee and that's Cassie Campbell. Oh, sorry. There's two Cassie Campbell, Pascal and Cami Granado, which is nearly like not nearly enough. Right. Because you have this opportunity where two women are allowed to be inducted each year. And yet we are constantly only getting one. And the the women's hockey world is so far behind the men's in terms of nominations and, and you know, support in terms of bids for the, the Hall of Fame. And it just seems like, you know, let's let women's hockey catch up a little bit here. Like, my God, is it possible to get the votes? for more than one woman in any year. And it just seems like it's an impossible task given who is currently on the committee. Yeah, it it is an uphill climb and there are a lot of women who deserve consideration. You know, unfortunately, women's hockey doesn't get enough attention. And this is one way that was supposed to rectify that. 
and and bring some of those great women players more into the public consciousness and let's hope they can you know get that number up to two because there are enough deserving candidates out there yeah i i just think it's absolutely tragic and the other thing is that i feel like at some point there's too much emphasis on people who have had many 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 chances and don't get it at this point which also i think has to do with who's on the committee right mm -hmm. and the way Boy. the voting process works and you know you have people who are like daniel offerson made it but henrik zetterberg didn't or mcgillney is still out there but like mcgillney has been on the list for a while now and it's it seems like a no-brainer but it's not happening so is there a point where you're just like all right, we got to cut our losses and say McGillney's not getting in the Hall of Fame, right? I still think McGillney belongs, but eventually. But yeah. yeah, there is a point where you do have to cut your losses. There are still some candidates out there. It, it, it's, it's always tough, and it's always a little bit political. Like you said, who's on the committee? Um, it, 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 it's so difficult to limit it to the number of players that you're allowed to induct each year. And each year there's new candidates that are no brainers. And then you get guys who are just waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah. And you look at like Roberto Luongo gets in first ballot and Curtis Joseph is still waiting out there. Like, yeah, it, I think there's just not a lot of clarity on it and, and what's going on uh, as far as, you know, what motivates some of the voting. And so for me, I think that's where the problem is, is that it just, there, it, there doesn't seem to be a rhyme or reason to it. And there also seems to be like a little bit of like bleeding over into the hall of very, very good mm -hmm. and not the hall of the very, very best sometimes when, when you have other people, especially the women's players who are just like sitting there waiting and ready and i think like you know the the prime example of that from this year was caroline Uyet, who was just to me a lock on first ballot but yet there was only one woman allowed and i'm not saying that you know that she shouldn't have made it but i i think that it, it just why not both is my right. <laughs> is my question well, yeah no, it's a fair question. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, that's not what they did this year. And let's hope next year they can do that. Uh, and and there's not a lot of uh, new players on the ballot <clears throat> next year that I would consider locks. In fact, I think there's only one real lock next year uh, out of the new people who are going to be on the ballot. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it's Henrik Lundqvist. and. Yep there's nobody else that's eligible next year that I think absolutely deserves it. And so to me, I think it's a good opportunity for a reset going into like next year's class. So Henrik Lundqvist, I got no issue with that. And then um, if there's an international player that makes sense that I'm not aware of, totally understandable. Um, and if people have suggestions for that, throw that in the comments or, or, or let us know. But I, I think that, um, for me, it's Caroline Uyat and Jennifer Botterill and yep. Henrik Lundqvist. And that's the entire class, like nobody else. <laughs> and so I'm 100% no okay with that. 
No McGillney, nope. no Barrasso, no Brindamore. Let's, let's do a reset and figure out what we're doing here and let in two women, put in Henrik Lundqvist because it's Captain Obvious that he deserves it and and figure out for the future voting years if we want to change anything and just take the time to, to figure it out. Right. Well, I, you know, I might go, there are still the Mogilneys and the Barrasso's I think belong and this would be a year to let them in, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, those guys have been waiting a long time and I, I think of them as hall of famers. Like if you were to tell you, ask me, do they belong? I would say yes. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. And if they can figure it out between now and then to maybe let a couple of those guys in that have been waiting, um, I, I do think it's a good opportunity. Like you're saying, I just don't know that they are capable of working that quickly. So <laughs> yeah, we, we shall see. see. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I feel good about getting that out of my system. But uh, that'll do it for today's show. Uh, of course, Gil, you're going to be back uh, Monday, right? Yes. With talking with uh, hosts from the Locked On NHL crew around the league. And we'll both be back next Friday. It's the draft. So we'll be talking about day one of the draft next time you see us. Uh, so that'll be a ton of fun. And uh, thanks for listening. Have a great holiday weekend, whether you're Canadian or American. And if you're from elsewhere, and just enjoy your weekend. <laughs>